welcome back to the Uninformed Gamers podcast. I am one of your hosts, as always, Mason here, also known as Rad Dreams from Rad Dreams Review. And joining us today are the two hostess with the mostess. We got Chris, or I Chameleon Eye. And we also have Devin coming back. Hey, back from Brazil. And I feel like since you said hostess with the mostess, we're going to get sued. Now, I don't know why I like saying it, but... Well, let's just hope Nintendo doesn't hear you. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Nintendo, did you see that, um, that, what was his name, Gary Bowser got sentenced, uh, what was it, like four or five years in prison? Yeah, he got hit hardcore. Oh, yeah, I mean, rightfully so, honestly. Like, I don't really have any sympathy for him. Nintendo does not play at all when it comes to anything and he owes them what was it 14 million dollars i think it was either 14 or up to 16 million yeah it was quite a bit but anyway (laughs) talk about a sidebar (laughs) yeah that was a that was a quick little sidebar uh what have you guys been up to in terms of gaming Devin, why don't you give us an update oh well as you guys know the reason i was not here last episode is because I've been in Brazil for work. I I traveled a lot for work, and we finally made it to Brazil. And because the internet was not strong for anything, I actually did not game at all while I was there. However, when I came back, which is uh, this past Saturday, I'd spent my entire weekend video gaming and clearing up my backlog. So I finally finished up Death's Door, which was a Chris recommendation. Great game. I'm willing to give it a uh, 9 out of 10. I probably would have given it a 10 out of 10 had it not been for the stupid-ass umbrella I had to use. That's your own fault. <laughs> I, I mean, think of it this way, Devin. It was a non-mandatory achievement. It was a non-mandatory achievement, but if I wouldn't have done it, I would have completed the game with all but one achievement. Yeah. And I would have to have played the game all over from the beginning to get that achievement. Mm. So I said, since I don't know the level of difficulty of this game, I'm just going to start with the umbrella and just never change. And I did. <laughs> and yeah, I am a goon for that. And I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, is the game any harder with an umbrella? I don't know. I never used anything but an umbrella. Um, but I finished that. And the second I finished it up, I got the last achievement that says you've completed the game 100%. And the first thing I did was uninstall it from my Xbox. Oh, nice. Yep. Save the space. Save the space. But here was yeah, the exactly. Here was the problem. The second I uninstalled it from my Xbox, I'm sitting there looking at my all the games I currently have downloaded, and I, just, I, I leveled with myself. I said, are you ever going to go back to Star Wars Squadron? Nope. Uninstalled you, that, too. I was going to say, you probably uninstalled that. Yep. I looked at it. I was like, are you ever going to go back for blood? Nope, uninstalled that too. (laughs) I uninstalled probably five or six games from my backlog. And I literally just like, I have no intention of going back to this. I finally uninstalled The Forgotten City. Um, I just downloaded that. It's fantastic. Added it to my ever-increasing backlog. Bro, you got to work on that. It's You got to stop adding. Uh, It's fantastic. Never. I know. Uh, It's fantastic and I love it, but I'm like, will I go back to this? And the answer to that question was no, I won't. So I ended up uninstalling probably five or six games and I left myself with maybe like 
actually about five or six, just like Forza Horizon, mm-hmm. Halo Infinite, uh, Civilizations Revolutions, Microsoft Flight Simulator. And then the fifth game, which I sat for about five minutes debating back and forth whether I should uninstall this or whether I should just finish it up and be done with it. And that was Yakuza Like a Dragon. I did I did not know. I literally said, will I ever go back to this because it's turn-based? And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know, because of the bad internet connection, Yakuza Like a Dragon might be the only game I can stream because it's turn-based. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fair. Yep, because I, I couldn't... I could not play Death's Door because there would be a delay and it would be impossible to play. So I actually decided to keep Yakuza and I hopped back into it last night and played for about 20 minutes. I, I remember I really enjoyed the story and that's what I'm focusing on. Nice. The second, the second it got to turn-based, I was like, this is why I hate this game. So, fair, fair. so that's what I've been doing, just beating Death's Door, finishing up my backlog. What about you, Chris? Um, I have just really just been playing Destiny 2. Nice. Witch Queen DLC um, is absolutely fantastic. So that's all I've been doing. <laughs> Mason, how have you been enjoying your new Xbox Series X? I have been very much enjoying it. <laughs> I've been currently playing uh, Streets of Rage 4 primarily, trying to get all the achievements for that. Um, that's been a lot of fun. I, I just love that game because it just fills me with nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good like uh, homage to the OG game. So if you haven't played it, highly recommend it. I've been messing around with that. And then I did end up checking out a new anime show based off of a video game. What was the show? You guys might remember. Shenmue. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. yeah the no, uh, no. Crunchyroll original show uh, collaborating with Adult Swim. And it's based off Shenmue, the video game. And I gotta say, I'm three episodes in. I, I gave it the three episode rule that I give shows. And I'm gonna stick with it. It's a solid show so far. I'm, I'm uh, pretty impressed. Now, is that a new show? Like, is that yes. been released? Yeah, it just now? came out. Okay, okay. Because I was about to say, the original Shenmue video game does not hold up. No, it does not. I was just going to say, like, the first two are pretty terrible if you replay them. And then the third one, yes, it's an improvement, but it's still not a good game in, in my eyes. I know I might get a lot of hate uh, from our listeners. We might have some Shenmue stands listening, but... Just be honest with yourself. You know, I think we're. I think I would defend your. I would defend your opinion, Mason, because I remember playing the original Shinmu on Dreamcast. I remember loving it. Yes. And then so when I saw that it was on Game Pass, I'm like, you know what? I want to play it. It's going to be great. I can finally finish it. I downloaded it, played it for about ten minutes. Was like, wow, this game blows. Yeah. Um. It did. I will say, like the original games for the Dreamcast did revolutionize RPGs as we know it today they introduced a lot of new ideas that we've never seen before so they do deserve a lot of credit for that and they also pushed the dreamcast to its graphical limit with that game so they they do deserve quite a bit of credit it's just nowadays 
a lot of the conveniences that we take for granted are not in Shenmue at all, and it just makes for a very frustrating gaming experience. So, yeah, I just wouldn't recommend. Basically. But the show, I do recommend watching. Um, it does not contain any of the frustrations that are within the video game, so you'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> Well, I've been meaning to hop into a, a new anime, so I think I might uh, use that one as my springboard. Yeah, it's a, it's actually not bad. It's it's you know the action in it is pretty traditional kung fu and martial arts, so it's not like over ah, excuse me over dramatized in uh, extreme fashion. Yes, there's some things that are a little over the top, but you kind of expect that with with anime naturally. But they. Uh, they do stay true to traditional like martial arts techniques with a lot of the characters, which is really refreshing to see. Oh, very nice. I, I will say since my uh, flight to Brazil uh, was from, from where we live to Miami, from Miami to Brazil, mm-hmm. the Brazil flight was about eight and a half hours long. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, before I took the flight, I always make sure to download either a TV series or a few movies. Mm-hmm. And, and so the TV series that I wanted to rewatch and then finish up the second season was The Witcher. Yeah. I have to say, I had, and thoroughly enjoyed the, the Witcher a second time after I realized what the timeline was. Mm-hmm. And I thought season two was absolutely great. So I, I still need to watch season two. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Chris, what'd you say? I have to watch it as well. The second season, I haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet. Um, one of the things I will mention about the second season is that the little girl, it's the same actress. Just keep well, that that's in mind. That's good. Yeah. Because when she, when the episode starts, the first thing I thought about is like, they changed the actors. But they didn't. She just grew up. Yeah. She aged. She aged. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, well, the show... Tis our fate season, as human beings. Yeah, the first season was shot like years ago before it even aired. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get to second season, it's like, oh, she's probably like two or three years older than when she yeah. started. Dude, it, it kind of fucks me up a little bit when I rewatch the Harry Potter movies in like succession. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because you see the aging of the the actors because they started filming when, what? how old were they? Like 10? Yeah, 10 or 9. Yeah. Something like that. Like, so it's just, it's so weird to just watch them age through the movies. Mm-hmm. If if given the opportunity, would you guys ever, like, let's just say you're nine or 10 and someone says, hey, you can be a part of the Harry Potter series. Would you guys I mean, say yeah. But you wouldn't be, a, you wouldn't be a main character. I mean, That's I fine. would still do it. That's a story. I would, do I would do it too, because you hear the stories about how much fun it was shooting those movies. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure you wouldn't have to deal too heavily with uh, J.K. Rowling. No, I, I think, jeez, <laughs> well, technically at the time uh, <laughs> when they were being shot, it was different. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that those would be very fun movies to get into. Oh yeah, definitely. But well, let's let's switch gears here and go into our first topic of the day. It's a bit of a spicy one. Uh, we have word of the Steam Deck and what the community's response has been towards this new piece of hardware. And we they, they did a review, didn't they, of the new Steam Deck? Yes, uh, a couple different outlets did. Uh, the one that I'm going to be 
going over is from IGN. Other entities have done their reviews as well, but the, the main one that I'm focusing on right now is IGN. Uh, okay. I'll keep it brief with their review, and then we can kind of dive in. Uh, so the Steam Deck does come at three different price points with three different sizes in terms of space. We've got the 64 gigabyte at $399. We have the 256 gigabyte for $529. And then finally, we have roughly half a gigabyte, excuse me, half a terabyte of 512 gigs at $649. So those are the three different price points and three different sizes that you have um, you know, selection of, and the general verdict has been fairly positive. There are some minor, well, maybe not so minor, inconveniences. So, according to the verdict, they give it a B minus, and this is because the Steam Deck, they say, is a imp impressive piece of tech, offering a solid gaming performance for a growing library of Steam titles with an impressive display and user experience. However, it does have a very punishing low battery life, minor ergonomic issues, and dicey compatibility with many Steam games giving pause. However, Valve's experiment does transport many games into the portable realm with you know, laudable success. So the first thing that I kind of want to dive into with you guys is the um, negatives. And we'll start off with the battery life. How bad could this battery life be? Because what we got to talk about, it's not a, a cheap piece of equipment. I think it actually is costing more. Yes, they are losing switch. a little bit of money per sale. Right. So you would think that if they're losing a little bit more money for, per sale, that... that it should have a better battery life than the Nintendo Switch, you would assume. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. unfortunately, it has a worse battery life than the Switch. I, I have a feeling I know what's going on here. I bet you it depends on what game you're playing. And if you play a pretty graphically intense game, it's gonna the battery life is going to be like... like yeah, from what they were saying in the review it, it does depend on the game that you do play and it does depend on the settings that you yeah. place the system at so things like uncapping the frame rate turning up the brightness or the volume will tax the system and let's say you want to play the steam deck max settings you you will get less than two hours of play time if you play with max settings well don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, and, well I, I see here that uh, the actual Steam Deck battery life in individual testing with Wi-Fi enab wi enabled and a 50% brightness, they found the Steam Deck battery life ranges from just 83 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so a little bit less than two hours. Yes. Uh, so let's see. Yep. From 83 minutes to a length of... Yeah, they said 83 minutes is about the average. Mm -hmm. That's not a lot of um, game time on the go. No. 
Um, but if you like just left it sitting there and you did literally nothing, it'd be seven hours and nine minutes. Okay. So as Chris said, it really depends on what you're doing. But if you're like doing the bare, bare minimum, you're expected to see about seven hours. Mm-hmm. If you're running it hard and then expect to see obviously less than two hours. What's also interesting is, did you guys see how much the system itself weighs? I heard that it was a hefty piece of thing. Yeah. 1.5 pounds. Chunky boy. Which doesn't seem, like, it doesn't sound like a lot. Like, one and a, one and a half pounds, you know, hearing it, you're just like, oh, that's not too bad. But when you're actually holding it in your hands, you can feel it. Like, you can feel that heftiness. 1.5 pounds may not seem like a lot until you throw it at someone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, would this be something you would pick up? Because you guys are more PC gamers than I am. No. Um, like, I, there are some games that I would play on it on the go. Like, for example, Final Fantasy XIV, I feel like, would play really well on the Steam Deck. Um, I have heard that it currently doesn't work, but they're working on it. Oh, okay. Um, but that would be, like, because, like, that's one of those games where I usually am playing it alone. Because it's like, oh, I can just sit down and I can play it alone. Um, and so it's one of the ones where I would be like, well, let me just play it from bed. <laughs> See, like, I seem like I would probably be the perfect, I guess, demographic for this. Because I do want to get into PC gaming. I am always traveling. But to see that the heft, the heft, the price, and the short battery life for um, for me actually hardcore gaming doesn't seem like it really would work out for my lifestyle. But there's also the fact where whenever I, we talk about PC gamings, one of the things people usually have a complaint about is that for PC gate for PC games, you really can't use a controller. You need a keyboard and a mouse for that. I mean, you can use a controller. You, it just has to be Bluetooth. Yeah, but like, well, like not not just that, but like some games actually require all these different button inputs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and and with the Steam Deck, like it, I can just use an Xbox for this. Mm-hmm. It like, does simplify the controls. Yeah, which is nice. Um, however, like for me, the only one I would be interested in would be like the 512 gigabyte Steam Deck. But at that point, if I'm spending like, you know, basically $650, I might as well get myself a like gaming laptop. Yeah, at that point for the price. So I just, I don't see the incentive in purchasing the you know, premium package when I can just spend that money on a laptop that can do the Steam Deck's job, but better. But I think the biggest question that needs to be asked is... Is this worth buying this portable unit, uh, easily portable unit, over a gaming laptop? And from my perspective, I'm gonna say no. I don't yeah. see the I don't see the reason. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you as well, Devin. Um, I I would much rather use a gaming laptop because not only can I you know game on it, but I can do other things. Yeah, I'm I'm indifferent, um, mainly because a gaming laptop is gonna be two to three times more expensive. So I don't know. I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it depends on the day. My answer might change. 
Yeah, but, I feel that it, there is there is actually a significant like price difference. Like, is there? Yeah, like because a, a gaming laptop you're looking at like a like a low end one is like a thousand bucks. Oh shit! Yeah. I didn't know it was that much. Well, neither did I. Yeah, like and like and I don't like to, even to like to play it at like this level in this market because of the chip shortage. Yeah, there it's going to be expensive. So you're that's fair. You're like. It's like a, it's a lot less price wise. So mm. I don't know. It, where, you would have more use cases out of a, a gaming laptop than this, but um, overall, you would be spending more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's fair. Opinion. The way everyone makes it seem, they're always just like, "Oh, consoles are trash. And PCs are cheaper and better and faster." Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, PCs are PCs. Oh, are PCs great. are expensive. Yeah, they're great, but they are expensive and especially if you build your own (laughs) yes yes and their work like you have to like main you have to oh yeah (laughs) you gotta maintain them yes yes a console you just sit it there it'll it just works and 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 it's strictly cheaper Mm -hmm. that's why i prefer a console because i don't have to upgrade uh chris and i were talking offline about my inability to spend money (laughs) yeah a gaming laptop would not be good for me but with the Steam Deck, it's just me buy one single unit, call it a day. But this one does not seem to be it. At least for me. Yeah. Uh, let's change subjects a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, so recently, as I'm sure most are aware, uh, the show Futurama is coming back. And it is landing on Hulu, the streaming service. And the vast majority of the actors were slated to return with the exception of John DiMaggio, who you, you know, do know and love as the voice of Bender. And that caused quite a bit of outrage amongst fans because let's be honest, the voice of Bender is very iconic. It is a big primary reason why a lot of people watch the show in general. So the fact that Hulu wasn't bringing him on was a cause for concern. And initially it was due to negotiations. They were lowballing him in terms of how much they were willing to pay him. And so DiMaggio was just like, you know what? I know my worth. I'm not going to, to accept this offer so i'm going to decline and you know if they call me to the table in the future i'll 100 do it but it has to be you know a contract that i am happy with and so that was that and we got news the other day that dimaggio did officially win his negotiation with hulu they presented him with a contract that he felt you know really represented him as a voice actor. I'm very glad that things worked out and we will be hearing his voice as the uh, bad mouth robot that we all know and love. Now, when I heard this story, all I could think about was just Bender, uh, the the character Bender, just smoking a cigar and just burning money as he walked out of that negotiation. (laughs) As soon as he walked out, he was just like, bite my shiny metal ass. literally what i imagined as well (laughs) no and and people were giving him flack uh by you know by him sticking to his guns like he did because he's just like people were 
like, oh, so your co-workers and co-stars, their contracts were fine, but yours isn't. And he's just like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that not only do I deserve to be paid more, but so do my co-stars. And I absolutely agree with him. I am a 100% firm believer in that, is that if you know your worth, if they're bringing back this incredibly popular show, they should be willing to pay everyone a better rate. Exactly. Futurama has been canceled on more than one occasion, and it comes back every single time. Yes, and it, it does come back stronger. Yeah, so if people are complaining about, oh, well, he shouldn't have done that, I, I'm, I'm fully in, I fully stand with him on this. No, I do too. I, I'm happy that he stuck to his guns and was just like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna work for, for peanuts. Yeah, fully agreed. I'm glad to see that Futurama is coming back. Um, was Futurama my favorite show on TV? No, but that's probably because of my age. Some of the jokes, were yeah. right over my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I still think it's a great show and I still think every show deserves to be on the air. Definitely. For sure. And then, uh, with our next story, it doesn't really come as a surprise, uh, to me based off of Nintendo's history and their stance on competitive Super Smash Brothers. We did get news on Saturday this is being reported by Kotaku that Super Smash Brothers will not be featured at the very popular gaming uh, competition known as Evo for 2022. And as you know, as well as everybody knows, Super Smash Brothers is the biggest fighting game event of the year. And the fact that it's not being at the biggest event or fighting video games is kind of shitty. Um, I, I'm pretty upset that Nintendo isn't changing their tune with the game because you know in the past they've you know historically held on to their control of how the game is featured out in the you know out in the wild. So I'm a little bummed out. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? I was bummed until I because do you know why Nintendo pulled it? Uh, I mean, I don't know why specifically. No, well, uh, I'm assuming because they have this perception of Smash players. Well, actually, last year Nintendo made a deal. They partnered with uh, Panda Global in 2022. Panda will bring the first officially licensed circuit for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and Super Smash Brothers Melee to North America. So they've actually partnered with a completely different group to present the uh, Super Smash Brothers tournament. So with that being said, Nintendo doesn't really have much of a choice but to kind of pull it from where it was previously being hosted. You want to know something funny about that, though? Go for it. The That was canceled as well. <laughs> uh, it sucks. That's hysterical, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, they worked out the deal with that, that Panda Global, and then shortly after... It was actually canceled. That really is funny. So then there's really no reason for them to do this. They're just pulling yes. it just to pull it. Yeah, they're uh, just being the slime balls that they are. They're just being Nintendo. Oh, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah they're just doing Nintendo stuff. <laughs> or was that a, Or maybe I misspoke. I, I think that was just a rumor that it was canceled. I mean, it could be. We, we really won't know because Nintendo doesn't really publicize these things. 
Yeah, because I, I heard through the, the gaming sphere that it was canceled, but I also, that was just a rumor. So, who knows? Oh, well. Uh, but I would like to switch to another topic yes. that actually I dreamt about. Would you, so Devin, would you say that we're switching gears here? That was a terrible transition. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Hey, 10 of- hey, dad, dad jokes all around. Let's go. 10 out of 10. Unlike this game, this game did not get a 10 out of 10 from what we're saying. Uh, this is not going to be the uh, uh, Eden Ring or Elden Ring of the uh, this week. However, I actually had a dream about this last night. Okay. So Gran Turismo 7 is finally coming out. Um, last time we saw a Gran Turismo title, I think it was in 2017 with Gran Turismo Sport. I grew up on basically the reason I'm big into racing games is because of the original Gran Turismo Gran Turismo 2, and my favorite of all time, Gran Turismo 4. So because the new Gran Turismo has been coming out, for some reason, I have been trying to get a PlayStation 5 just for this game. So last night when I went to bed, I actually dreamt that I was able to secure a PlayStation 5, which in my dream, by the way, I felt like it was fake because there was no way I could have secured it. I was able to buy the perfect TV and I was able to play Gran Turismo 7 to the most perfect of details. Now, uh, obviously, this was a dream. None of this happened. I do not have a Gran I do not have a PlayStation 5 and I do not have Gran Turismo 7. In my infinite uh, desire to have a uh, PlayStation 5, I have just casually just started looking as to see how difficult would it be to get a PlayStation 5, and it is incredibly hard. Like, everyone is selling out left and right, and one of the reasons it seems to be selling out is because of bots. But that's neither here nor there. We've talked about bots all the time. But IGN ended up giving Gran Turismo 7 a 9 out of 10. Not a 10, not an 8, but a 9. However, my concern is this. Based off the review in which they gave, they didn't praise it for being perfect. They never did. But based off the review, I don't think it deserved even a nine. Really? They made, they made several criticisms that are pretty valid. They basically said that the rolling start system, where you basically start a race already driving, but the person who's in first is already halfway around the lap because of how long these are. Uh, that's a major problem. They said that this game can really only be played online only, which nobody talked about until now. Uh, even the even the uh, the split stream has to be played online. Um, they talked about how it's fun and the car list is great, but when you have 420 cars and all quite a few of the cars are the same, it's not as great as you expected. So with all that being said, I feel like this review is a review that doesn't actually earn its review. Hmm. I know, and I am a big fan of the Gran Turismo series. But after reading this and after like, because I thought this was going to be a 10 out of 10 perfect across the board. But after seeing these reviews and just reading the comments, people are like, mm, this is not the greatest game of all time. So it definitely slowed down my haptic rush of getting a PS5. I, I'm curious what the user reviews are going to look like when the users finally get their hands on it. Yeah, I'm curious about the same thing. Um, uh, what I'm saying is that Metacritic is might having it in the 80s. So again, not a 9 out of 10, and still an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, even the IGN comments, who have a tendency to be Sony-leaning, uh, 
are kind of like, yeah, that review does not give this game. It does not deserve a nine. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but there was this clip on um, Twitter where the car like crashes and like is like rolling. Oh, yeah, it I have like, seen that. It looks like complete shit. I won't it, lie. Really? It, it looks it looks comical. It looks like, OK, this is a day one release. <laughs> yeah, it looked really, really bad. Yikes. <laughs> and I think that uh, what Gran Turismo 7 is going to be definitely doing is setting up what racing is supposed to look like for the next console generation. So this is obviously just the start. Uh, early Later on this year, we're supposed to be saying the next Forza uh, uh, Motorsport. Okay. So I'm sure Forza is going to be looking at this, looking at all the mistakes this they're making, and is going to sidestep those mistakes. So uh, if I can find a PlayStation 5, I am this will be the first game I get. However, based off everything I'm seeing, I don't think I'm going to be as determinate about buying one as I was previously. Yeah, I I I don't know. The Gran, Gran Turismo hasn't made a game in a really long time. So I'm more I'm more trusting of um Xbox Studio uh turn 10. They're and just they just been doing this for a long time. Like sure, they haven't had a Forza Motorsport in a few years, but they they're like they've been reworking an engine specifically for their racing games and future games that are coming from them. So that, I just I just have more trust in them. That's actually yeah, a great I agree. Point. That is actually a really great point. Didn't even consider that. Um, where Gran Turismo really only does like Gran Turismo one, two, three, uh, sport, and then seven, and occasionally they do like three point fives or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Forza, it, it did split off into the. Uh, uh, playground, playground games with, with Horizon and the Turn 10 Studios with Motorsport. Yep. Uh, I think that they do have a little bit more backing considering Forza has actually pushed Gran Turismo to limits. Yeah. With damage and customization. So I think I'm actually more excited for Forza now, now that we're saying Gran Turismo 7 is not this perfect, untouchable being. So um, now th- this is just a rumor. I actually did hear a rumor that it's still possible that Forza Motorsport could release this year. Um, it'd be late this yeah. year if it does, but it's just a rumor. If not, we'll probably see it next year. Yeah, I, I believe Forza. I always I think Forza Motorsport generally releases around September October. Yeah, uh, but it is unusual that we haven't seen anything up to this point about right. Forza. Forza. We have seen a, a teaser trailer from E3 <laughs> when E3 was a thing. Uh, yeah. We might see it if there's going to be an E3 this year, and I we that's always on the chopping block. We don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, as of right now, we know that there's not going to be a physical E3. Nope. But I, we, we still don't know if there's going to be an online one either. Right, but I think that this would be a great time for Microsoft to kind of like let the dust settle for Gran Turismo 7 and then give them the one-two punch with the Forza Motorsport. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, so uh, we shall see on that. But let's go back into the movie realm. Uh, yes, Mason, this this upcoming uh, Friday, you're going to be seeing a rather large movie and a rather long. Yeah, movie. I'm I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, to be kind of honest, and I really hope that I'm not hyping myself up for failure. But uh, this Friday, I am going to be seeing the new Batman movie, starring Robert Pattinson and. As of right now, it's actually been reviewing pretty well, and the yeah. audience reception has been fairly positive. Absolutely, so, 
and we'll wait until after you see it so you can do a full review. Yeah, I do want to do a full review. And fun fact, I decided to shell out a little extra money and am going to go see the IMAX version of the film. This so guy. I'm looking forward to that. The last time that I saw an IMAX movie was when Disney's The Dinosaur first came out in theater. Wow. I don't think I have ever seen an IMAX it, movie. It's an older movie. If you watch Dinosaurs today, you're going to be like, this movie does not hold up. Yeah. <laughs> I watched a clip of it last night, and I was just like, this looks like pre-production of movies. <laughs> yeah, so the Dinosaur movie came out in the year 2000, Chris. Oh my God! Oh yeah, God. <laughs> Chris, actually Ooh. go go and YouTube this after YouTube dinosaurs after this, and I want you to tell us how bad it looks because, <laughs> like, well, like here's the thing, Devin. For the time, I that understand move, that, but yeah. like now, like, but for the time, Jurassic Park looked phenomenal, and for the time, Toy Story one looked phenomenal. But hey, even Toy Story two, one still looks good, man. I yeah, but know. dinosaurs doesn't is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Dinosaurs looks terrible. But um, yeah, nowadays, yes. But yeah, be sure to give us a full review. Yes, I will. I might try to see it on Friday, but I don't think I'll be able to see it um, at the same time. But what I do want to talk about is um, back in the day, uh, listeners might have not heard this before. I actually had the AMC version of Movie Pass. I thoroughly yes. enjoyed it. I had the original Movie Pass, and I abused it, and now it's out of business. But AMC is actually going to start doing things a little bit differently. Now, before MoviePass went kaput, uh, it would actually charge premium pricing for like top-notch movies, so like the Friday night blockbusters. Well, AMC is going to start experimenting, and it's going to start charging more for tickets like the Batman compared to other movies that are going to be shown the same day. So you might actually, if you're going to an AMC movie theater, you may actually be paying slightly more than if you're going to a regular, uh, different movie theater. And I don't know how I feel about this. Do you guys think that AMC has a right to charge more for a movie than another theater just because it's the movie everybody wants to see? They can do whatever they want. Um, it's it's business. I mean, they have the right to do it. I mean, it's up to the consumer to decide whether they really want to go see it from them. Or not. I. I agree. And one of the things when it, like I use Fandango when I'm buying my movie tickets. Yeah. And when it looks at Fandango, you don't know the price until you're at the very end. Yes. And the one thing I hate about purchasing tickets online through either Fandango or the Regal app or the AMC app, you know, whatever app you use to purchase your movie tickets, typically at the end of the transaction, you see in the like the description of the transaction itself online convenience fee trash and it's so trash like you're paying an extra like two three sometimes even four dollars just for the ability to purchase the ticket online instead of in person and it it does piss me off i still do it because i want to you know secure my tickets yeah because a movie and a movie like the batman especially if you're going to see it in imax why would you drive all the way to the theater Yeah, and walk up like 20 minutes before the show starts? Hey, let me get a ticket. That's yeah, dumb. Good luck. Good, like you are paying for the convenience, but why are we paying for that? Like, why are we paying to secure our seats on time? 
so we can avoid having to stop at your kiosk and wait in a long line. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting to note as well that they've changed with theaters is how you buy tickets now, especially at Regal. I don't know if AMC does this or if other theaters do, but what Regal does now is typically how it was is you would walk in the, the front and then there would be a little you know kiosk thing at the at the front desk where they would have the clerks who would sell you the tickets. You'd go up, you know, go, hey, want to buy my ticket? You buy it and you're on your merry way. Now they've gotten rid of that. So now in order to purchase your tickets in person, you have to actually go to the concession stand and, and wait in that long ass <laughs> line just to buy your tickets because what they're trying to do is they're trying to, you know, kind of coax people into adding on to their movie tickets with the, you know, the concession. Do you want to pay drink? Do you want to pay twelve dollars to go see the Batman and then fifteen dollars for a bucket of popcorn? No thanks. How about nine dollars for a two liter with a straw in it? Yeah, it does it does piss me off though, uh, with the 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 change that's been happening at theaters in general. I mean, we we've seen steady increases in ticket pricing, whether it, you are at AMC or Regal or any other smaller theaters, the ticket price has been increasing pretty well, steadily over time. Well, Mason, you got to blame the supply chain for that because that seems to be the case for everybody else. Um, oh, I know, and it, <laughs> it also doesn't help that inflation's at a forty-year high. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was on Instagram the other day, and uh, Bob the Drag Queen had a really great point. What's uh, that? She was just like, I really want to go out and see the new Batman. However, I have absolutely no desire to go to a movie theater to see it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why can we have, Why can we just like, for the Batman, because this is what we saw, I believe, in Dune, just release the Batman the same time you release it like on streaming services for rent. Not thirty dollars like Disney has a tendency to charge, mm-hmm. but like a reasonable sum, like maybe a little bit more for convenience. Like maybe sake. twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. I would pay twenty bucks to see it instead of me having to drive to the theater. I would literally pay twenty bucks to see it because the Batman, which is Warner Brothers, made a deal. They told they said that all their movies have to go into theaters first. Start yeah, and then go to streaming. Yeah, so it's supposed to be a forty-five day deal. So Batman will hit theaters this Friday, and then 45 days later, it may hit uh, HBO Max. Yeah, I, I was going to say it'll probably be HBO. Yeah, and I don't want to wait that long because there's there's going to be spoilers behind this movie. Oh yeah, 100. percent Probably. And I don't want to uh, I don't want to avoid social media uh, for the next uh, 45 days. So who knows? <laughs> I might see it, but I wish this was a movie where I can just go to my Xbox store and just rent it. Um, mm-hmm. Chris, I know you're not ever going to see this movie. <laughs> and uh, speaking on like avoiding things, it seems that Konami is in the news again, and they actually avoided to renew the Silent Hill domain. And some guy or some entity or some force decided to purchase the domain of uh, SilentHill.com. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the story is that Konami forgot to do something like it forgot to drop something off at the post office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's such an important thing to forget too. Mm-hmm. Chris, imagine that you imagine you created a product like that is your pride and joy. 
And it may not be the best product. And you release it every now and then it gets worse and worse. But imagine you just forget that it exists. <laughs> <laughs> Konami kind of has forgotten about that series, to be real with you. Yeah, and I like think... The, the, the cre- one of the creators, whoever created the um, Pyramid Head, he doesn't even like the character. He said he would just kill him off. And if you And if you go onto the website... It actually talks about Pyramid Head being the worst character ever created. Yeah, he really? really hates him. Yes. It, it it shows the the creator's actual tweet. So that's the only thing when you click on the website, that's the only thing it shows is the creator's tweet saying, "I wish I would never create a t- uh, Pyramid Head." <laughs> and the, the, if you look through his tweets, he said Pyramid Head has just been abused. Uh, they've just kind of like ran him too wild. He, if given the opportunity, he will kill him off. <laughs> um, but I I just. I find this really funny because there are people out there who are just waiting for domains to expire and they check this every day. It's a lucrative thing to do because like say Konami wants to buy that back. They're going to pay a lump sum. Yeah. And it's just like, I just think that's really funny because I can't imagine just sitting on my computer all day, just going back and forth with every entity I know, just saying, who can I buy all day long for (laughs) hours? All right, shit, Silent Hill's available. <laughs> get, get the credit card. <laughs> um, hopefully, um, Silent Hill's been kind of on the down uh, turn for a long time. I think we're seeing other games able to fill that Silent Hill void. Uh, the Medium comes to mind. Yep. Um, 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 the game I just finished that we're all looking super excited for. Um, uh, with, the, with the Vikings... Oh, Assassin's Creed? Not Assassin's Creed. Definitely not Assassin's Creed. The psychological game, Chris, that you recommended to me. Hellblade. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're seeing other people do Silent Hill better, so yeah, I don't think Konami's really going to fight for this domain, but I don't see why they should. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no day. point. No, I, I don't think anybody's going to be upset that Silent Hill's finally dead. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would like to see it come back, but uh, not in the hands of Konami. Maybe maybe uh, Hulu will buy it too. I mean, they do need to release a better movie because the OG Silent Hill movies were pretty garbage. <laughs> I but to be, trash. to be fair, you could say the same thing about Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first one is okay, but the other ones are just no. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> but um, let's change topics a little yeah. bit and let's get you get into vehicles. Yeah, uh, because uh, there's there's two major stories. Uh, Mason, you have one, and I have one. Mine is a little bit shorter, so I'll go uh, first. Okay. Uh, Chris, you actually uh, own a Jeep, correct? Yeah. You've had Jeeps for a, a bit of time now. You've had a, a Wrangler, and now you have a uh, Cherokee. Yeah. So four fourish years I've been in Jeeps. Yeah. And how do you like Jeeps? Uh, they're okay. Um. The Wrangler was cool, except for the really loose steering. Mm-hmm. Um, the car I drive now is kind of like a mom car, <laughs> so yep. I don't really love it. But it is comfy. Um, but it it's it it's always glitching. It's always doing some glitchy shit. What do you mean glitching? Like my sometimes my like um, I'll have my like uh, charging cable plugged in, and it won't it won't recognize it, won't charge or anything, and then get in the vehicle another day it's working just fine 
radio sometimes won't like turn on. It's, it's, it's goofy. Jeez. And it's, it's like brand products. new too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not going to appreciate this news. Uh, Jeep has unveiled their first electric model. <laughs> yeah, I was not impressed with it. I saw it. it you, did, you did not like the look of it. I, Me and Mason both love the look. It yeah, looks I like thought a, it looked nice. It looks like Frankenstein on the front. It looks. It just looks like another mom car. To me. <laughs> so like, I, like I only got this one because I was stuck in a, a weird deal, so I had to get out of the deal. And so I only have this one until I'm getting. I'm gonna try and get a a Bronco. Hopefully they have a hybrid model when I. Just looking at Tesla. Or, or Tesla is another one, but we live in Ohio, so it's it's. Yeah, the Bronco would be more sustainable. Yeah, fair enough. But Jeep reveals its first fully electric SUV. It looks like a little tiny compass. Uh, it's supposed to get a range of about 300 miles, and it's going to be allowing Jeep to go fully electric. And I'm super excited to see it. Um, but based off Chris's uh, uh, experience with Jeeps and their electric gremlins, I don't think this is going to be fun. <laughs> All right, Mason, you can do this. I'll try to keep mine a little shorter as well. Um, There's, there is quite a bit you can get into with this next story, but I'm going to keep it kind of short and sweet. If you want further information on this story, you can go to the website at dot Ford.com. So that's right. This story is going to be about Ford. Surprise, surprise. Motor Company has just announced and communicated that they will be restructuring the entire company into two internal entities, Ford Blue, which will design and manufacture internal combustion engines, or ICE for short, which is what is their kind of like bread and butter, and the second entity that they will be implementing is going to be called Ford E, as in Edward. That entity will design and manufacture battery electric vehicles, or BEV for short. So Ford's internal restructuring will not have an impact currently on the existing collective bargaining agreement that exists with the union structure that exists within that verse, which is you know the UAW or the United Auto Workers Union. The company did confirm that the workers will continue to perform their work as required in both entities and the current aspects of the agreement that exists now will remain intact. However, when the contract does expire, it will need to be restructured, obviously. So that's kind of like the Cliff Notes version of the news is that Ford is going to be branching off and focusing not only on combustion engines, but also on battery electric vehicles. Uh, what do you guys think? I personally think this is a great decision for Ford because they've been kind of like a cow towing the line on electric, but yes. also not willing to give up their uh, ice inter- combustion engines. So I think this is a smart move. And I think a lot of companies are going to be on watch for this. Oh, yeah. yeah. I agree, and I agree with this smart. move as well because you don't want to fall behind the curve with electric because let's be honest here guys as well as our listeners as much as you hate to admit it electric is the future of uh, vehicles it is inevitable 
Unless you want a Bronco. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and good luck with, with getting a Bronco. <laughs> yeah. I, it's going to be a few years. So yeah. we got time. Yeah. Um, but the way we're saying it, you're not going to get it in a few years either. I want to get my PS5 at the same time you get your Bronco. Deal. all right let's finish up with our last story the last story let's end it on a a very positive note actually Uh, we've mentioned this on a previous podcast in the past regarding the acquisition of Crunchyroll by sony and subsequently uh you know when will funimation which you know sony does own fall into the I'm going to call it the crunchy verse. Um, you know, we've been talking about this for a couple months of like, Hey, when's this going to happen? We're, we're just kind of like twiddling our thumbs here. Like, okay, any day now. So as of March 1st, which was yesterday, animation is officially coming to the crunchy roll, uh, viewing platform or streaming service which does include Verve as well. So this is super exciting news for anime fans. It's exciting news for me as well, being a fan. And the fact that roughly right out of, right out of the gate, 1,600 hours of content is being added day one at no extra cost is fantastic. Yes. Um, I'll just throw a quick thing on this. I actually did go on there and check because I, I have a, I had a I have a Verve membership. Yeah. And so uh for those that don't know, Verve, you get access to Crunchyroll's site and you also get access to Verve's site. Verve just has like a few more of these like channels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and so I went on there uh actually uh yesterday and yeah, it's uh there it that stuff is there. Like nice. I was able to see Funimation stuff. Like now, it's not tagged Funimation. No, it shows that I know where previously just Funimation are now on there, which is um, fantastic news. And what makes it even better is roughly eighty to eighty-five percent of Funimation shows will be added to Crunchyroll by end of March. Yes, which is just great. And again, no extra cost. Yes. Yes. I was so excited when I logged on there and saw Moriarty the Patriot. And mm-hmm. and I since I don't have Funimation, I hadn't had a chance to watch the show. Yeah. So this is great news. Yeah, this is uh this is a great one. A really great one. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. They're uh also they're giving out like a 60-day free trial um if you're a Funimation user and potentially Verve users. I haven't gotten the email. Um, basically over the next few days, they're going to be sending out emails to those users mm-hmm. and you will be able to sign up for Crunchyroll for free and not be charged for 60 days. Nice. That's super good. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Um, yeah. That'll uh, kind of do it for today's episode. Yeah. Uh, look forward for the next recording for our review of the Batman film, as well as other video game news that will be sure to transpire over the coming days. Um, so we'll go ahead and give our sign offs as normal. So I've been rad dreams uh, from rad dreams review. Feel free to you know follow me on my YouTube channel, rad dreams review, obviously. And then feel free to look me up on you know, Twitch, Twitter, uh, rad underscore dreams.
And I am Darkness Tiger. You can find me controlling the Twitter page at Uninformed Gamers. You can also find me at the top of every single one of the leaderboards uh, at Darkness Tiger on Xbox Live. If you like what we do, please give me a shout, give me a tweet, or challenge me to a race. Either or, I'm fine. I will win. And I am uh, Chameleon. You can find me at uh, t- on Twitter at Chameleon Games, K-A-M-E-L-I-O-N Games. Um, and then also I stream from time to time, so you can find me there at twitch.tv slash iChameleon. All right. Well, that'll do it, guys, for today's episode. We will catch you guys on the flip side. All right. Bye. Later. Peace.